Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back. This is Perspectives, the show where a conversation about our differences shows us more about what we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. For black inventors, the road to owning patents often comes with barriers. Black patent owners make up only 1.6% of everybody who's invented something in the United States. Moreover, the gender gap in American patents leads to fewer inventions that can help women. Now, while research shows that inventor teams with women represent 16%, male teams are less likely to invent something for a woman like me. My guest is two-time Emmy Award-winning makeup artist and guru of beauty hacks. She is Eva Jane Bunkley. She is the inventor of the Makeup Bullet, the high-def cosmetic finger sponge, one of four patents and trademarks that she owns. Eva Jane, welcome to Perspectives. Well, I so appreciate the invitation, Condice. So sometimes when I have someone new on the program, the first thing I like to ask is for you to share with us your story. Tell us about yourself from, I mean, and go way back to the little girl who maybe thought she was going to be the Eva Jane that I'm sitting in front of now, or maybe you had some different ideas. Tell me your story. Sure. Well, I always loved art. I love to draw. I love to create um, stacks and stacks of paper. If you gave me a gift, paper was it. Um, I was always coloring and drawing long time. Um, even in college, my, my fine arts professor wanted me to major in fine arts. I just took it as an elective. Um, my English teacher said, oh, you should be a writer. And I'm like, no, I mean, I love to craft stories. I love to just um, think of things, but um, I've settled on fashion. And I thought that when I graduated school, I was gonna be dressing people on sets, doing wardrobe um, and off a whim, my senior year at Ohio State, I took a theatrical makeup class because I was like, oh, they have a makeup class. That sounds fun. Learning about contour, highlight, shadow, all of that. And who knew um, this many years, almost three decades later, I'd still be working as a makeup artist and the, the fashion thing did not last long. So let's see, the makeup bullet and starting that, that was an inspiration that came to me on set. I was in the midst of doing makeup. Um, I've worked in television news as a makeup artist for many years. And as you know, Live news does not wait for anyone. And I had a woman in my chair and she had to get to set. And I wanted to touch up that one last thing. So I'm searching for my blending sponge and I tend to spread everything out when I'm doing makeup and lose track of things. And my blending sponge was nowhere to be found. And I'm like, did I drop it? Did it roll off the table? What happened? And I began to panic and I could see she was beginning to get impatient. And the thought just came to me, if my sponge was on my finger, that'd be one less thing I was looking for. And I was like, wait a second, 
like, I kind of put a pin in the idea and I was like, wait, is that a thing? I don't know if that's a thing, a sponge that fits on your finger, that would be great. So I did some research, found out, no, it wasn't a thing. I couldn't find anything like it. And then um, like so oftentimes we do, I started to kind of talk myself out of it. And when it comes to inventing, I, I think we can be our worst um, obstacle and our biggest obstacle. What made you want to talk yourself out of it? What was, tell, take us through some of that, oh, that self-talk. It was one of those things where the idea of being an inventor was a very high concept for me. I was um, in my late 20s at the time, and I have a girlfriend, and it's so ironic. She texted me today about an invention idea that I had way back then when we were young, fresh out of college. And um, she was like, like, look at this. This is something that you thought of a long time ago. And she's like, I said, look at us coming full circle because I would come up with an idea and then I'd go, you know, can I really do that? It seems like it'd be really hard. Do I have enough money? Am I the right person? I mean, all of that self-doubt, um, I probably need a business partner who would even do this? And then it just became so big. You know, they say, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? I was looking at the whole elephant of things every time. And it's just like, that's too, it's too big. Maybe it's not for me to do. Um, and I talked myself out of a lot of ideas that way. But with this one thing, it just seemed like it wouldn't leave me. So for years, I kind of had it in my heart. I held it every now and again, I would, um, bring it up to somebody. There was another person that I met that kind of was, um, I was still young in my career. They had a lot of money and I was like, you know what? We could go in together on this thing. And they kind of heard it. They're like, mm, I don't know about that. I don't think I want to do that. And I'm like, man, how am I going to do this? It'll, it'll cost so much. And finally, um, I was on a panel. It was a, at a makeup artist meeting and Another woman was on the panel and she worked for a company that manufactured um, brushes, makeup brushes. And I'm like, wow, this is such a similar industry. They have their own factory and everything overseas. Like maybe I can ask her about this thing. So she agreed to have a sidebar with me. Um, and she was just such a light. Her name was Shana and she's, she's the most beautiful person. And she said, you know, Eva Jane, I have been to beauty shows all over the world. And I've never seen anything like this. She said, you should do this like yesterday. You could be sitting on a gold mine. This is something you should do. And that little bit of encouragement of her saying, yeah, you could do this. So I just started making phone calls. And it was just as simple as that of making phone calls that started to give me a little bit of courage to say, okay, maybe I can make this a reality. Maybe I don't need as much capital to begin as I think I do. Um, and that's how the Makeup Bullet started. Talk to me about the design process. You said you couldn't find the sponge, had it fallen off the table, if you had it on your finger. So which finger? I mean, talk to us about hmm. that. I'm, that's interesting. So with um, the type of sponges that I used to use, the little wedges that we all know, little triangles, but there was a certain type, um, a certain texture, a certain pliability, malleability that I looked for in a sponge. So I knew that um, there was a certain material I wanted. So I started to call around to different um, foam manufacturers because I said, you know what I want to do first, because I kind of, you know, kept it under wraps for a while. You know, you have people sign the NDAs. 
And I said, um, let me call these phone manufacturers of, of this raw material first, have them mail me samples. And I bought a Dremel, I um, bought little sculpting tools. And I said, I'm just gonna you know, carve it out. I have an idea of what I think it should be. I had my little inventor's notebook that I would draw my sketches in, um, size and that kind of thing. But I said, I really need something that I can place on my finger just to figure if this is, you know, what I need it to be before I go to this manufacturer and have them do something off of, well, I think this, because I quickly realized that a lot of the, the manufacturers, the contract manufacturers I was calling, it's like shops full of a lot of men and they have no clue about, you know, a makeup sponge, a beauty tool. They're making a lot of other foam-based products, whether it was, you know, the, the foam pads, clean headlights or dishes or whatever. So I was like, no, it has to be a certain type of foam. So I was like, I'm going to have to source the foam because the things that they're used to working with, maybe it's too rough, maybe the pore size is too, too small. I wanted a sponge that you didn't have to wet. Um, that was very big for me. I wanted it to be convenient that you could just pull it out. It wouldn't eat your makeup. Um, and that's sometimes a concern. People are like, oh, well, you know, I have to wet it so that the pores know it's ready to, to accept your product, to deposit the product. I wanted something that would fit on a lot of people will put it on their index finger, which is fine. You can make it your own, but I encourage people to put it on the ring or their middle because those are the ones that have the most gentle touch. And then you can multitask. So you can grab something else, a brush or whatever, and you can have two tools in your hand at a time. Because I was like, you know, it's about saving time and being efficient with your time because I really don't like, you know, spending all this time in the makeup mirror. It's like, I need to put on a face real quick and get out. And then, you know, what I was used to doing, I usually didn't have a lot of time when I was on a set to do somebody's makeup. You know, sometimes you didn't have that luxury. So I wanted it to be as easy and convenient as possible. And so you don't have to go searching for water. You don't have to put a wet blending tool in your bag that can um, build up bacteria and that kind of thing a lot easier. So once I um, got a lot of different materials, I chose the one that I thought was going to be the one that would be perfect for my product. And then I found the manufacturer. And that process was sort of, it was difficult because there were a lot of people telling me no, even though they had the capability possibly to do the tooling, to create the shape that I was envisioning that, that perfect, and with the makeup bullet looks like it's a pointed sponge. Um, it's long, it's about two and a quarter inches and has like a, a hole in the middle. that's about a half inch wide that when you put it on a finger, it fits snugly. Um, so that, that was kind of what I was envisioning, like, okay, I want this hole in here. And then I had to figure out what their tooling process, you know, practicality. So even some of my, I had to tweak some things. Like for instance, when I first drew the hole, I made it kind of pointed on the inside. And then by the way that they were making it, it was like, oh, okay, well, it is going to be flat on the inside, but that's okay because that little extra padding will be good when you're, when you're working on your face, because it's a very, very gentle touch. So getting beyond that, all the no's, and I had to realize that it was nothing personal. You know, a lot of companies won't do short runs. They won't work with small, small businesses like independents because they can't necessarily turn their manpower and their machines to working on this experimental project that maybe might not work. 
you know? So they have people to pay. They have to keep the, the factory going. Sometimes to stop a machine, to set it up, to retool, that can be an hour, two hour process. So I had to kind of learn like, okay, how do I make this an easy sell for the manufacturers? You know, let me go and visit. I want a, um, a factory in the U.S., so that I can do some QC more so with it because the first um, prototypes that came off the line weren't quite, quite right. And I went and I, I talked to one of the presidents of the company. He was like, this looks good to me. And I'm like, no, like, look at this sponge. Look at this one that like is sold in the store. You see how smooth this is? Because I need a smooth vent. He's like, oh, okay, I guess I get it. And, and that was the type of thing that, but developing that relationship was important because when it came to the payment side of it, it was just like, okay, I have this much now. Can we start? Can I do a short run? And it got to the point where they were like rooting for me, you know? So. So it, it was definitely, um, I learned a lot about the whole relationship building process when it comes to your partners in that, because they are, you want contract manufacturers because they understand that they have no rights to your product. They're not going to just like make it for somebody else. And those are the types of unfortunate stories that occur um, lots of times where manufacturers might go rogue. So you definitely want to have your paper trail and have all of that in hand and having that relationship helps. Let's talk more about relationships. You, you have an idea, you're going to seek a patent, you've had to source your materials and find someone who's going to manufacture, but all of this takes money. Talk about the relationship perhaps with a banker to get the financing, to get started, to get you to where you are right now. Yes. So with that, I, um, I, I, I'd heard lots of horror stories about the different um, companies who'd um, grown so fast they couldn't keep up and then they, you know, failed and that type, type of thing. And I knew that this was new territory for me. So if I was going to fail, which learning it should, it's sometimes you fall down, you get up, you fall down, you get up. I really didn't want to um, learn on anyone else's money. So I had an account, a retirement account. And eventually after, after I kind of got going and saw that it was working and saw that I was getting um, a lot of interest from different retailers and then different um, distributors overseas, I said, you know, I need to be able to, to scale up quick. So I cashed out my meager, <laughs> meager, meager uh, retirement account that I had at the time and put everything in it. Um, and it's come back many times over. Um, but I really, it was important to me. I mean, I didn't have like that whole funding round of friends and family to, to go to and pull from. I didn't want to do that. Um, and that's kind of, I've, I've had grant funding. That's been awesome. Um, that's been very helpful, especially through pandemic. That was very helpful. I've done lots of um, accelerator programs and incubators just to learn because I knew I was going to have a learning curve. So I kind of plugged myself in all of those local organizations that help you, you know, the Invest Atlanta, as I was a part of WE, the Women's Entrepreneurship Initiative with the city of Atlanta, um, ACE Women's Business Center, I plugged into a lot of their programming. I am a member of RICE, the Russell Center. So I keep myself immersed in these communities because I do want to constantly learn and stay connected. So the funding I self-funded and then I planned for or organic growth because I knew that, you know, learning was going to be a part of it. And I definitely wanted to explore different um, 
different um, ways to get to market. So, I mean, I've, and I've done them all. I've done, you know, mass market retail. I was in like 120 or so Dillard stores throughout the U.S. Um, I was online with Ulta. I have been um, duped. Uh, the, 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 the copies have come and flooded the market of my product. I've been in, I, I can remember How the- How do you protect product. against that? Ah, uh, that's- I mean, you've got a patent. Things. You have a patent, but people don't care. Um, and- so it's on you to chase them to stop them? <laughs> okay, so here's part of it. Part of the game is when you have, say, a small company, people know that you're small and they will do things anyway and they know that they can work around you. So the first- couple of um, products to um, to dupe my my product they looked exactly like it you saw it on the shelf and you're like okay that's is that the makeup alert? I had a makeup artist that I'd met at a makeup show in Arizona called me she said Eva I'm in the store and I'm looking at this sponge is this the makeup are you working with them I said what store? She I said, no, girl. She was like, man. And she she showed me pictures. She sent it to me. She was like, this isn't right. I went to my local version, you know, that store. And I'm like, sent them the cease and desist and another store cease and desist. So you can get into that kind of legal battle or you can kind of focus more on. So you kind of have to, to balance it and do both. But then what started to happen is instead of the knockoffs coming, looking exactly like the makeup bullet, they would slice off and bevel one side. So now, oh, it's a little different. It's not your product. And so there was a store that sliced off one side and instead of the hole being perfectly round, it was a hexagon. I'm like, you know, so I've, and then I've talked to lawyers about it and they'll say, you know what, you have a strong case. However, Lawyers typically will not fight patent cases um, pro bono because it's it's a long drawn out process, or um, and there's the copycat manufacturers no and and it is um, I have a design patent, not a utility patent because I could not patent oh using a sponge to put on makeup because that's a thing but I could patent my particular design of this so I mean it's almost like the the razor blade thing where first oh well we have a, a blade and it's inside this oh well we made two. Oh, well we have three four five and then it goes on like that it's just like okay they can so my I decided what I need to do is just focus on getting my brand awareness out there and keeping my quality because a lot of the sponges all of those sponges that were the knockoffs they don't have the same heart that was put into it. So the functionality is different. It doesn't perform as well. The, the material that they're made of is very dense and doesn't really apply and blend makeup as smoothly as the makeup bullet. A couple of questions because we are almost out of time, but I wanted to ask you, Eva Jane, I go to Google and I put that in there. And the first thing it comes up is a product on Amazon. Is that your product? The Makeup Bullet on Amazon is my product. And I actually just finished an accelerator. Oh no, actually two. I'm still in one. Two accelerators with Amazon for Black businesses. And Amazon uh, gave us $10,000 grants last year. So, and flew us to Seattle and has been helping us to, to navigate that. But what I've found is even though I have my website, Amazon shoppers are going to go to Amazon and they're going to look for those prime deals. So it's, it's been good. 
I've, I've enjoyed being on the platform because I've learned a lot about the direct to consumer because when I first started, I was working with retailers kind of primarily. Um, but I really do like the online side of it a little more right now. It gives me a little more um, flexibility right now. I was, I was a little, I wasn't happy with the mass market side of things and how the retail side went and the ups and downs of even shipping overseas. It's, it's a lot. And, and I still want to remain independent. I don't necessarily want to partner, although I am open to um, being bought out for the makeup bullet side of everything. I am open to that because that's still, um, I still created it. I was still the first and that legacy will always be there. So what have been your greatest takeaways as an African-American female owner of a small business and inventor with multiple patents and where you are now in this journey? Hmm. I, my takeaways I, what do you tell what do you tell other mm -hmm. uh, would-be business entrepreneurs based mm -hmm. upon your experience in the space? I don't like discouraging anyone. It's going to be work. And I say just kind of plan whatever it is, you're going to be spending a lot of time and energy on it for a few years. So make sure it's something or an industry that you're kind of passionate about if it's something that you want to see through yourself. So some of the other um, ideas that I had, they were in other industries. So I would have to almost kind of take myself out of what I'm doing and kind of straddle between two worlds. Um, and sometimes I like to use the example of, for instance, you're walking through life and you have an aha moment about something that can make your toilet better. And you're like, oh, I could create this. I'm going to do this. Well, you're going to find yourself at, say, plumbing conventions and trade shows and that type of thing for, for maybe a few years if you want to walk this out. So if it's in your wheelhouse, something that you're used to doing, that's probably going to be your path of least resistance when it comes to that creation journey, because there's always going to be a learning curve. Because even when I put the makeup bullet out there, people had experiences with it that I did not anticipate would happen. One last thing that I'll, I'll mention, for instance, the, um, the disability community as a whole, um, I've, I've noticed there was a woman, I spoke at a church. She came up to me after and she had had an accident where she had to have some fingers amputated and she had some dexterity issues. And I gave her, she was like, oh my God, I heard this. I, this is something wonderful. So I gave her a pack and I was going through one of my, my businesswoman moments one time walking through Kroger, having a, a moment about something that happened in business. And she called me and it just perked my spirit up. It lifted me. It warmed me. She said, I used your makeup bullet last night. I hadn't done my makeup in five years and me and my husband went out for our anniversary and I was able to do my makeup for the first time. And I, your product enabled me to be able to put makeup on again. And I felt so amazing. And that right there, I said, well, if I just created it for her, I'm done. Mic drop, you know? So that having that um, purpose of helping women and helping women along, I just didn't even realize the breadth of that and, and how women would experience it and how it could be helpful to somebody um, that was having a different challenge from what I was having. So I say, 
um, you could be an inspiration to somebody if you step on that out on that thing. It took me almost 10 years to, to move beyond myself and beyond my fears and doubts and everything. So prayerfully, um, the next person won't, and you'll step out because no matter what you do, if you start to make phone calls, you'll start to answer questions. Um, because as long as you just kind of imagine it, you really don't know that you're creating something that would solve for something. But if you start to step out and walk it through, then you, you could find that you're going to create something that could, you know, benefit society in a way that you just didn't even imagine. Eva Jane, how can our audience connect with you? I, I already did the, the mass marketing shout out to the folks who will bring your product to their door, but if they wanted to connect with you more directly, and there will be entrepreneurs who maybe want to connect with you as well. How do they do that? I love that. So my website is evajanebeauty.com. Um, but on Instagram, I have three sites, one for Eva Jane Beauty, one for the Makeup Bullet, and my personal is I am Eva Jane. And I'm Eva Jane, simply Eva Jane on Twitter, Eva Jane. Eva Jane Bunkley. Congratulations on your success. Thank you for making time to be with us on the show today. And thank you. Thank you, Candace. Perspectives is a community and public affairs program produced with you in mind. If there's a guest or an issue you'd like to hear me explore, I hope you'd let me know. The easiest way to connect with me is on social media. Just slip me a DM or send me a message. Search Condas Presley on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. And yeah, I know you're asking, how do you spell Condas? C-O-N-D-A-C-E. And Presley has two S's. That's P-R-E-S-S-L-E-Y. Friends, I appreciate your listening. Be sure to listen again next week at the same time as we explore new perspectives. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.